Hello and welcome to another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob. I'm Wayne Highlander, National Sales Manager at Bone Adhesives. And I'm Rob Johnson from Bone Training. How you doing, Rob? Pretty good, partner. How's it going? It's going fantastic, man. It's, uh, it's really starting to feel like fall and uh, the weather's getting a little cooler in the mornings and uh, beautiful weather over the weekend. So yeah, it's my favorite time of year. So what's cool to you in Tennessee? Because I'm freezing my butt off up here in New York. Uh, Mid-70s, high high 70s. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How, how cold I, is it? I woke up this morning and my house was 61 degrees. Ouch. And I don't like turning the heat on until October. Okay. <laughs> it, was, it was a little chilly this morning. I got flannel shirt on, sweat jacket. Um, I'm warmed up now, though. Turning the heat on and, and turning the air condition off or on or off is a very personal, it's a very, uh, you know, every family's got their own thing. You know, I remember going to my, my papa's house in Kentucky and he didn't have an air conditioner. You know, they didn't have a lot of money and they, you know, they, they lived there the whole life. They're used to it. So when we came to visit him, it was so freaking hot in that house, man. You couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't stay there. So one time we told him, and we didn't want to offend him. You know, we just, we had to really delicately approach this. You know, we said, Papo, you know, I, I think we're going to go stay at the hotel down the road this time. You know, oh, and they were so insulted, you know. Oh, my God, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you stay at our house? We said, well, Pablo, it's just, it's just that your, your house is pretty hot, man. And, and, you know, so I just think, you know, the hotel's got air conditioned. So another couple of weeks go by, he calls up. He goes, hey, we got air conditioned. We had the air conditioned put in. Now I felt terrible. Wow. Because, I mean, you know, he's in his late 60s or 70s. And at this time in life, he didn't need air condition. He put, he got the air condition on because for us, right? So I, I felt, felt bad about it. But on the other hand, man, it's just so hot in his house. You know, when you're always turning that pillow over, trying to get the colder part of the pillow and you're sweating the, the in cool, bed. The, is as cool as a cool side of the pillow. Yeah. There's a so, saying there's someplace like all boats rising. Yeah. So N nothing better than the cool side of the pillow or. Yep. What, how do they say that? I don't know. As cool as the other side of the pillow. So yeah. we're, uh, we get to his house, and sure enough, I see that beautiful glistening air-conditioned unit on the side of his house. I think, oh, man, this is beautiful, man. He's got air-conditioned. Rob, I think he had it set on 79. <laughs> I don't know if it ever came on the whole time we were there. Still, we're in bed. We're dying. It's hot. But the man had air-conditioned, so <laughs> his money was good. All right. Um, we're going to talk today a little bit about, um, about installation guidelines and some different things. Uh, before we do, Rob, I always, I always wondered to myself, what would you do if you weren't, if, if you didn't do hardwood floors, what would your dream job be? A singer. Really? Well, I mean, you know, like, come on, I mean, listen but, to but, me, but, man. But, but, but that's like a really out there. Let's let's do something. What, oh, what, wait. What are you? An, an, an attainable We're big job. rock singers. We get golden fingers. And we're loved everywhere we go. We sing about beauty and we sing about truth at $10,000 a show. We take all kinds of pills that give us all kinds of thrills. But the thrill we'll never know is the thrill that'll get you when you get your picture on the cover of the Rolling Stone. I, are you kidding me? You don't think that I should have been a singer? Or I let's, let's say you probably would be better off with a backup plan. Let's say you couldn't be a singer. Like let, let like like a legit 
I mean, I, I, you know, I know you got talent, but let's say if you couldn't do that, what would you do? What would be your dream I, job? I cannot believe what I'm about to say. Because if you would, if I had told my 18-year-old self, yeah, you know what? You're going to love teaching and coaching. I just said, you're out of your mind. Because when I played different sports, I sometimes had problems with coaches, you know, didn't think that, you know, maybe I wasn't getting enough ice time. I mean, you know, let's put aside the fact that I could barely skate. Okay. The chocolate chip cookies from your mom wasn't enough to get you on the starting squad. Oh God. No, 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 no. I probably could have been the absolute worst skater in the history of anybody trying to play hockey. I'm, I'm going to go down as, you know, bottom 5%, but you know, the soul of a champion. Yeah, of course. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Locked yeah. in the, in, in my body. You're that Rudy, kind of Rudy on skates. Right. <laughs> oh, oh my God. No, he, he had some talent. <laughs> I, but, I, um, I mean, between coaching uh, and, and the way that I used to feel about some coaches, don't get me wrong, I had a couple of coaches, and we all have some coaches, I think, that really stood out in our mind. And you, you can, you know, you remember that guy till the day you die. Um, and the same thing with teaching. But um, once I had kids, and, you know, especially uh, once I started coaching my kids and you know, bringing them to practices and, and being a scout leader and then um, wrapping that all into what I do now and, and what I did in my previous job with um, training and everything. I mean, never in a million years would I have ever said this or, I, I, you know, like I said, when I was 18 years old, if you had said, yeah, I think I would have been a teacher and, you know, maybe a high school teacher or something that, uh, you know, you could also do some coaching in because we're working with kids and, you know, I've told, I don't know how many stories about coaching and, and being a scout leader and, and working with kids in that aspect is just, it's very gratifying. And then to be able to do what I do professionally now with Bona and the training and everything uh, at the end of every class, it just the, uh, pure satisfaction I get out of my job and seeing people, the light bulb go off and, and people walking up to me and shaking my hand and well, you can't shake hands now, but you know, you can just see that you've done something for them and they appreciate it, that kind of thing. And to me, that just goes a long way. And uh, like I said, if you had told me when I was 18 years old that, you're going to love coaching and teaching. I just said, that's the craziest damn thing I've ever heard in my life. I mean, I can't believe the, the 180 that I've done since then. Hmm. So you're living the dream LTD again. Yeah. Again, I am. I, I mean, I told you when all kids in school, what do you want to be? I'm an astronaut president. I always said, no, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a floor man. I want to be like my dad. I want to be like the family. So I am doubly living my dream. Mm -hmm. Now let's, let's fire that right back at you. What would you have done? If you uh, weren't, if, if you I wasn't weren't, doing this, if you weren't, 
national adhesive sales manager. Yes. What would you have done? Drive a Lay's potato chip truck out in the country to general stores. That is. Specifically, um, Lay's potato chips, yes. To general stores out in the country. You just can't eat one. No, it's not that. Is it? I've had, I mean, I've had a job since I was seven years old. And, and uh, when I went on to be a contractor, you know, how anybody's a contractor knows you work crazy hours. You know, you'll go, you know, sometimes months on end without a day's off, without a day off, or your days are 10, 11, 12 hours. It doesn't shut off. Even when you get home, you got the phone, you, you know what I mean? And you got emails you got to put out and it doesn't shut off. And then when I went to my sales career, it's the same thing, you know. I'm I, my days sometimes are 12, 12, 14 hours a day long, and and I uh, calls on the weekend, which I, I'm fine. I'm not, not complaining about. So I thought to myself, well, if I could ever do anything else from here, I'd want to have a job with zero responsibility. And who cares if something goes wrong? What you didn't get the box of Lay's potato chips this week? I thought I'll come in next week. I mean, what could go wrong? Uh, just go out to general stores. You stop. I like, I love country general stores. Anyhow, I don't know what it is, but I have to stop at all of them. I don't know why that is, but I, I do. Um, but, um, you know, that's, that's my dream job, but you Lays mentioned potato chips. Yes, sir. But you mentioned coaching. So I'm going to have to tell you this story, man. And I, I want to tell on myself a little bit, but, um, you know, I, I, you know, I moved to I moved to the South, as you know, and 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 Rob, the people here are so friendly. It's I mean, they're beyond friendly. Okay, and I only tell you this story because because the guy lived. Okay, so our high school football coach was in a car crash a couple of days ago, right? I mean, I mean, really bad car crash, but he lived. Okay, everybody lived. That's why I'm, I can tell you this story. So. I'm at the game and there's a, there's an old guy to my left. I don't know. He put his arm around me. He thought he was somebody that he knew, but to, you know, I, he goes, Hey, you must be so-and-so. I said, no, that's not me. Whatever. Hey, I got in conversation with the guy and my buddy is to my right. Did I'm he keep the, the arm on you the whole time or did he no, no, take it off? No, it, it finally took it off. The mm-hmm. guy's probably 75 years old. So the game's going on, Rob. It's the worst football game I've ever seen in my life. This team is so bad. It's beyond words. Right? So, Robbie, my buddy next to me, shows me the picture of the guy's cook. He goes, did you see the truck he was in when he got in the car crash? I said, no. He goes, man, I got to show you this picture. He goes, you can't believe so anybody walked away from it. He showed me a picture of a truck. The old guy says, good thing he was in a truck like that. He would probably have been dead. Okay, so the game is going on. Now we're into Q2, second quarter. I've never seen so many penalties. I mean, it was a, it was a disaster, right? So I looked to the guy to the left, the old guy, and I said, huh, this coach probably thought that 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 crash a couple of days ago was the worst wreck he's ever going to see this week. <laughs> and he looks at me and he goes, mm. like, that's all he said, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm thinking, man, this is great material. You know, I, I, maybe he didn't hear it completely, right? So I yeah. got to try it again. So I go to the guy on the other side. I go, man. And that Coach probably thought that wreck he was in a couple of days ago was the worst wreck he was going to see all week. This, this, this team's a disaster. And he looks at me, he goes, damn, man, and shook his head. <laughs> so, you, see, you see the problem? You see what the problem is? No, it wasn't too soon. The guy lived. No, 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 no. You're used to talking to me. Yeah, okay? there, there you go. Up, up here in the Northeast? Mm-hmm. Everything is fair game. There is no, <laughs> is it too soon? If All you right. ask somebody, is it too soon? The answer is, 
Of course not. It's never too soon. <laughs> so uh, I'm happy to say that a little of the Northeast, mm -hmm. a little of Boston, a little of New York is kind of rubbing off on you, it looks like. There you go. Because I thought those were good jokes. That was good. Thank you. I mean, I thought it was good. You know, and he uh, thought this was the worst wreck he's ever seen. Boom. Yeah. Boom. Huh? Yeah. Ha. But Everybody get a chuckle out of that. When a guy looks at it, it just goes, hmm, like that. Yeah. See, that's that Southern hospitality. You know what I mean? That. Yeah. They're nicer than me. They're beautiful people. Don't get yeah, me wrong. No question. It's just, you know, they don't wake up when it's 58 degrees in their bedroom. And you know, <laughs> there is no warm and fuzzies. All right. We're going to talk about installation guidelines. Rob, it's story time. All right. Here we go. I want you to close your eyes. All right. Close your eyes and imagine this, if you will. It's Monday. You spent the entire weekend organizing the van. And it, I mean, you vacuumed it even. It's perfect. You even found that favorite scraper of yours that you thought was lost forever. And lo and behold, it still has a nice sharp edge on it, okay? Driving to work that Monday morning is an absolute pleasure. You look in the rearview mirror sometimes just so you can admire your van all nice and organized. Everything's in its place. You arrive at the job, homeowner's gone, and she left you the key. It's an empty house, and there's a note on the kitchen island it says, Rob, I made some chocolate chip cookies for you and there's drinks in the refrigerator. I won't be home for a week and I won't have cell phone access. The floor's going natural. You still with me? Actually, I thought that, you know, we had died and gone to heaven because this sounds like, this is what heaven is. This is like heaven. This is gonna, heaven gonna for get, a floor man. It's gonna get better. The floor is going natural. It's 1200 square feet. All open rooms, easy layout. Your first pass on the All way- All the closet doors off? There's no closets in this house. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Baseboards so now off. we are in Elysium. There's, there's no baseboard. There's no closets. Your first pass with a big machine on the way back, you got 60 grit on, and it's the floor's coming up snow white. That beautiful white oak cortisone, and it's just kind of 60 grit. It's just coming off like a dream. You feel a little twinge of guilt because you charge a little on the high side. But you justify it yourself because after all, you're the man. Still echoing in your head from last Friday, or last Friday's customer that was so happy with her floors that you thought you detected a slight tear as she clumsily reached out to hug you. It's just another day you say to yourself as you crack a smile. The birds are chirping as you go outside to the van to grab a vacuum bag and you stop to admire them and the weather has a crisp coolness to it. Perfect working weather. Then the wind blows the door shut and the keys inside on the island and you get locked out of the house. Your phone rings and you get a call about a floor that's cupped from a, from a previous customer. There goes your perfect day. We're going to talk about acclimation installation guidelines and, and and the reason for this is a, a, a friend of mine a guy that i know he's been a contractor for a long time he called me about a week and a half ago and he says wayne i got a call from a customer we did a job about 11 and a half months ago and she called and told me the floors are cupped wait you a minute hold, yeah hold hold that thought okay i gotta get this that story was beautiful okay okay 
Add to it. I, I got to get this off my chest, though. Okay. I mean, everything was perfect, except for when you said that little twinge of guilt that I have for charging a little too much. <laughs> that, um, I, I don't think I was born with that part of me. No? No. I, yeah, you're, 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 uh, you're, I've never. You're ever, an assassin. <laughs> what? You're an assassin. <laughs> no, I just don't have that part. Okay. No, yeah, yeah that, that doesn't exist. Okay. Yeah. All it, right. Because it's all happy. All right. Yeah. I mean, I'm feeling as good about those chocolate chip cookies as I am charging her a little extra money. Mm -hmm. So there's no guilt involved at all. Well, good. And you, you've got to I, I just know that I bet more than half of the listeners right now are nodding their heads like, yep, he's right. I don't have that either. Good. Well, uh, nor, nor should you. The reason, I mean, we're even having this podcast on, on uh, installation guidelines is because I got a call from a friend of mine who's been a contractor for a long time. He got a call from one of his customers and uh, he did the work about 11, 11 months ago or so. And she's calling him for the first time that the floors are cupping. And he, you could sense that anxiety and that bit of a panic in his voice. And, uh, you know, and um, she was hostile on the phone. She already had a couple of people look at it. She, she, meant, she mentioned the lawyer word. So, um, you know, I was having the conversation with him and I said, well, I mean, what was the moisture content when you put it in? He goes, man, I can't remember, but you know me, I'm, I mean, I'm never going to put something in until it's right. So I think this, I think this is a good time to have this conversation. And before I go any further, you know, Rob and I, I hope we, we don't want to come off as preachy, you know, like we're trying to save the world, save the industry, what have you. Hopefully there's just some practices, best practices we can share that uh, may help someone down the road. Well, I say, you say we don't want to be preachy, but we're both ordained ministers. So well, it's true. in our blood. Yeah. It's you in our blood to be very preachy. Yes. That, that one went to my head when I married that couple, I will say. <laughs> I started looking at other people in the audience and thought maybe you have something they want to confess. I even bought the preacher's shirt with the little collar thing. So nice. Nice. Yeah, I start wearing it on the air uh, when I'm flying. I'm going to start wearing that all the there time. There you go. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's talk a little bit about acclimation. So this guy okay. calls you. Yep. And he says the floors are cupping. Mm -hmm. Why was he calling you? Uh, you know, you know how it goes. He's a, he's, he's somebody I know. Somebody to just, talk to. Yeah. Kind of just someone to talk to and kick it around and, and what have you. And, and I don't know if you're like me, but um, even sometimes if I know the answers to something, I'll call one of my brothers because I trust their judgment or I might call another floor guy and go, what do you think? And just to, just to kick it around. Right. Mm. But, but what I got out of this is that he didn't have any records uh, and I believe him when he says, you know what, we always do the right thing. We never, you know, we, we always acclimate to wood, blah, 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 all those things. But the fact of the matter is he had no records. He had nothing to indicate that he did anything right. And, you know, I could just see him, if it was in a court of law, how this is all going to look and how this is going to go down. And maybe there's just some things that, I think it's just a refresher for a lot of people. But why don't we just talk about what the, and by the way, Kudos to the NWFA, man. The new installation guidelines are phenomenal. I mean, I was going down the list of all the things that they've included in the installation guidelines, man. And, and they, uh, whoever was involved in all that, uh, just what a fantastic job. 
So and was, I know a lot of t- effort. It's not like I'm a I'm a spokesman for the NWFA, and I'm really not. But I I, I just uh, think the guidelines are fantastic. They did a brilliant job on them. So let's talk about some of those things in the beginning of the of the stage of the job. That and I'm I'm going to read some of these verbatim uh, because I think they're that important. Okay. So um, so what I'm looking at too while we're going to start talking about this, which I think is like you said, sounds like we're doing a commercial for the NWFA, but um, the job site checklist that I'm looking at, pre-installation job site checklist is eye-opening, absolutely eye-opening. And I would just want to backtrack a little bit. Uh, we did a school in New Jersey about two weeks ago. So um, we're talking about water popping and how to check to make sure you know your water popping's dry pinless moisture meter read before you water pop and then when you think it's dry as long as you're within one point what do you think we sanded the floor it was white oak select white oak three inch we sanded it and i asked uh i'm showing them all right let's take some moisture meter reading so we have a baseline guide to go against when we think it's dry what do you think those numbers were on a dry floor that we had just sanded two weeks ago in Jersey. 11%? 17. No kidding. Seven teen. It's a empty, empty building, not, not no. empty building, no, no water, no subfloor issues, wow. nothing. 17. Yeah. Holy smokes. That's high. Yeah. I couldn't, believe it then well the other thing too was we were all just drenched i mean it was so we started really looking at what was going on inside it was 81 and 80 the rh was 80 in the building and the temperature was 81 outside it was like you know 88 and pouring rain and that's how it was almost for a couple of weeks because we did two schools one back-to-back week and every week, it was just as hot and muggy and humid as as the one. But the second week, when we took those moisture readings, now that's just two weeks of weather, and that bare floor was reading 17. And I, I said, no, that can't be right. Something wrong with the meter. We had an inspector at the class. He goes, I'll go get my meter. It was right on the money. Wow. We took multiple readings on that floor, and it was 17. That's that's the thing. I'm glad you you brought that up because that's the thing about this industry, right? I mean, you know, you could have put that floor in in, in January and the, it could have been nine, ten percent. The conditions could have been perfect, everything you want, but things change, and some things are out of your control. And it is the homeowner's responsibility to make sure that they keep the the the, the RH and the, and the the moisture in that house within range, and. Um, you're okay with all that. I mean, all those things, you know, all, that can happen and you could still be fine. But the problem is you want to make sure that you have records of what it was when you did, when you put it in. Exactly. I mean, it is so key. And, and you know, listen, especially nowadays, we talk about labor shortage. Nobody has time to go back on a job. And certainly if you ever get called out on something, you want to have all your ducks in a row. Um, so I'm, I'm glad you talked about that because, man, all kinds of things can happen after you leave that job. You no. Know? So, uh, 
you know, making sure that you have your, your, all, your, all your records and everything. And, and the other thing too is, I uh, talked to somebody who, who uh, was involved in a court case where a guy, he had his records, right? He, he, he had the records of what he did for that job. But then the attorney said, can you show me records of any other jobs where you do the exact same thing? You take all these moisture readings that you're showing us right now. I thought, wow, that's the kind of, uh, you know, during the headlights moment, you know, because yes, anybody could prepare for this one case and bring, you know, now after the fact, have all the records. But to be able to show how powerful is that to say, listen, boom, here's all the jobs we did this year and that year and that year. And here's all the records for all of them. This is part of our standard procedure. So. So let's talk about some of those things. Now I'm reading this right off the NWFA guidelines, okay? Um, so we'll just start with some of these. Prior to delivery of the wood flooring, check and record the job site ambient conditions and the subfloor moisture to ensure they coincide with wood flooring requirements that have been selected, okay? Upon delivery of the flooring to the site, recheck and record the temperature and the relative humidity in the space receiving the wood floor. The temperature and humidity must be within the manufacturer's recommendations. I know a few guys that will actually give the, the homeowners hygrometers, real cheap ones that they can keep in the house and to make sure they keep in that range. So that really kind of makes them think about that, that it is important that, you know, they kind of get the connection between wood and moisture and, the, and moisture in the air. I, think I like that idea. idea. I yeah. like that idea of everybody has a little skin in the game now. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. now that these people are going to get a hardwood floor, maybe for the first time, it's going to show them, hey, you know, she's kind of a living, breathing thing and you got to kind of take care of it. They're inexpensive. And I think what it also does, if it ever goes to a court of law, you can say, listen, I give every customer, you know, we drop it off. We take the readings, blah, blah, blah. I give every customer one of these uh, hygrometers. I actually have three in my house, one downstairs or two downstairs and one upstairs. Now, I think this might surprise some guys. Take moisture content readings of the wood subflooring at a minimum of 20 test locations per thousand square feet and four additional readings per hundred square feet thereafter and average wow. the results. Okay. So I don't think a lot, some guys may not be aware of that, that you're required to take subfloor readings at a minimum of 20 locations per thousand square feet and four additional readings per hundred square feet after that and average the results. Um, any unusually high or low moisture readings should be isolated and, and addressed individually. Record, date, photograph, and document all those records. If that guy had done that right there, when he made that call to me or when he got that call, he would be feeling a whole lot better about the world right now, right? I mean, you know, he's, he did his due diligence. He has the records, what have you. Now, number two. The average of the wood subfloor reading should coincide with the manufacturer's required temperature and humidity levels in the facility. Concrete subfloors must be recorded, tested, and adequate moisture control systems should be in prior to installation of any wood floor. So just those things alone, just taking those, the required amount of, of, uh, of readings and documenting those, and there's a lot of, good, you know, the, the one thing about the iPhone, man, there's a lot of good apps. There's a lot, you can take it. You can send the information off to the clouds. You never use it again. It's super easy to do and record. Uh, when we did a moisture test early on, like we did calcium chloride tests back in the day before we got into the real the RH test and what have you. But uh, we put a newspaper down with a today's date and, and, and take a picture of it. And um, 
but now and now with the phones that's easier to do than ever has been so just find a way that you can document those recordings you know the um i'm looking here at the job site checklist it's amazing some of the things they have on here some of the things that i would have thought oh I, I never in a million years would i have thought about recording things until i read it and oh wow this is a great one they have does it have a swimming pool yes nearby water source yes or no how far is the pool from the house yeah is the how about this one is the soil around the foundation damp are there cracks and splits in the foundation all of these things are things that i would have never thought to look at but you know maybe if you're just doing a 12 by 12 kitchen i'm not going to really worry about where the pool is and everything but you know, if I'm doing a $50,000 installation job and if it goes south on me, it's going to cost a hell of a lot more to replace and everything. I think I am going to look at all this stuff. Yeah. Here's another here, roof overhanging gutters. Yeah. I, I, all of this Down, stuff. Downspouts. Yeah. I would have never in a million years thought that this should be on a checklist until you say it out loud and you go, geez, you know, where, it, where did that moisture come from? Well, so if that guy who had called you, Mm -hmm. You know, if he had said, well, there isn't any gutters there and the soil was moist around the foundation and everything, mm -hmm. that would have been all part of his, you know, if he ends up in court, yep. uh, you know, all part of the making it swing in his direction because he had. You're right. You know, the other thing I talked about having to take 20 readings of the subfloor. In addition to that, you need to take 40 readings thousand square feet of the flooring that's to be installed right so that's a lot of readings but that way and, and the other thing too is when when you stack the wood and i think if anybody's not listened to our podcast with uh howard brickman on he did a great job of talking about this but when you when you bring the wood into the house you want to cross stack the material with spacers and stickers to, to you know three quarters to one inch thick between each layer of wood to allow air circulation to get around all sides of the board until the equal uh, the EMC has been reached. So in other words, you know, it doesn't do a lot of good to bring 2,000 square feet of flooring and just bundle it all in the corner of the room on top of each other. Uh, it's much better to sticker it and cross stack it um, to let air get all around all around those boards. Do you remember Chickasaw? Do you remember Chickasaw? Yeah, I sure do. Absolutely. That was like our go-to flooring, you know. Mm -hmm. We used to go through more Chickasaw. And do you remember how they used to bundle it? I sure, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Think about that now, right? Yeah, now it's how nested crazy bundles. Is that? Yep. Most everybody's nested bundles now, right? Well, uh, theirs was wrapped in plastic. Yeah. I, I remember sometimes getting that and seeing moisture on the inside of the plastic. <laughs> like, yeah, there we go. Well, that's good. And I would always say to my partner, you know, wood always needs a little drink of water. This is good. <laughs> well Just again open, I mean, it up and, open it up and go baby when you say things like that i mean that's some of the mentality of the of you know we didn't have testing like we do today we didn't have the science available to us as we you know we did years and years ago uh and you would hear things like that you know guys would say that old timers would have their you know things that you know uh, they did out of habit or because they heard from somebody else but I want to touch on something else because uh, I think it's important also is that imported and tropical species often require two to three times longer equilibrating 
to their surrounding than most domestic species due to higher overall density, oil, and resin content. So you definitely want to take that into account when you get into some of these, these, these you know, Brazilian cherry and Ipe, especially Ipe, uh, some of these domestic species that are out there, they take longer to acclimate. Uh, which they all you know, you're, you're talking about the acclimation, right? Yep. And everybody's like, yeah, I'd take, you know, three days acclimated or a week and it's acclimated, you know, put it in for a week. She's acclimated. And I just point out what we talked about at the beginning of the show. Well, what if you put that wood into the place and you were in Jersey three weeks ago? And I'm getting readings of 17. Yeah. Yep. You know, I mean, that wood's going to go, that was going to go the, uh, the other way. Yep. After installation and before sanding and finishing takes place, allow the flooring to stabilize in its new environment for five to seven days when scheduling allows, it says. <laughs> now, <laughs> see, there you go. <laughs> what, actually, that's pretty funny that they, they, they put that in there when scheduling allows. Um, you know, uh, it's, we, we, we used to, you, you put it in and let it sit for a week before we installed it at the minimum. Uh, and depending on the, the width and the, the type of flooring, maple floors, we would acclimate longer. Um, did, you, did you break open all the bundles and, and stack it like that? Not usually. There, are, yeah. there were times if it was an exotic wood and we, we uh, sometimes would break up the whole, the whole uh, bundles and rack it out. I see some guys doing some interesting stuff sometime and we did it a, a little bit, but we didn't have the swings in, in humidity that they have in the South and other parts of the country. Um, it was a super wide plank floor and it was going dark. Uh, sometimes we would spray lacquer the, uh, the, uh, the, the tongue and grooves. And some guys will do that anticipating that the floor is gonna move. So you don't wanna look down there and see those, those white, snow white uh, tongues, uh, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Because the floor mm -hmm. is moved. Uh, so some guys will do that or paint them or, or stain them ahead of time, um, which, uh, which can when work I, I remember when too. Howard said that, I thought, oh, my God, there's another thing that we never did. I mean, we would just, you know, if you unloaded a pallet of wood, you unloaded a pallet of wood and set it in the rooms, maybe. But you never we never broke the bundles open. We never, never. Did. I mean, and when Howard was saying that, I was like, my God, that just makes so much sense. And then I was thinking back to the uh, to the Chickasaw lumber where it was in plastic and we never took it out of the plastic. You know, my you talk about you know, little little water never hurt anything or whatever in the in the bundles back then. Um, a little drink of water, yeah. Yeah, my my uncle, depending on in the width of the boards, if we went solid like three inch, five inch, seven inch patterns, we would often use washer rows. You know, every few feet, put a row of washers, anticipating that it was going to move, depending on the time of year and what have you. Um, and uh, a lot of guys use weed eater line nowadays to do that. Uh, a lot of gym floor contractors have to allow for that kind of expansion. So oh, anticipating. Yeah, the, going, uh, that's, that's huge in gyms. Yeah. Every three or four feet. Because you can have that expansion joint, but that expansion joint, I think, what I've read and heard is, that expansion joint's only good for about 20 feet. Yeah. And then anything out past the 20 feet, you need more expansion joints. So you'll see that a lot with gym floors. So I just think, I mean, we're not going to go heavy into this, but those, those things alone, taking the 20 readings of the, of the subfloor for every thousand square feet, taking 40 readings on the, on the finished floor, documenting that, 
putting the bundles in and cross stacking the bundles to make sure that you're getting air circulation underneath it. Allow the floor to continue for another five to seven days to acclimate before you sand it. Uh, I, I would try to get as much time as I could. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, again, the, the more things you can put on your side of the equations, the better off you are. I don't want to ever have that uncomfortable conversation. Why is my floor shrinking? Why did it, why did it, it crack? Um, or why did it, why did it cup? Um, so I think any of those things we can put in our, our side of the equation, the better. And these new testing uh, products that are out there right now for testing temperature and relative humidity are fantastic. Uh, they're available to everybody. So um, data loggers and, and all kinds of different stuff, ways you can, uh, you can really uh, kind of protect yourself. And I really think that's what this is because, you know, when we, we talk about the, uh, on this podcast earlier about the R540, which is our sealer for, for, uh, for subfloors and concrete. And I'm not gonna to touch on it real heavily, but part of the reason behind that is guys don't have optimum conditions anymore to, to install the floors. These, these floors are, you know, with a labor shortage, you don't have a lot of time to get back to the job. I mean, when you get that window of time to go, uh, they can help you. That We didn't have products like that years and years ago. Uh, so uh, if you don't know about the R540 sealer, you might check that out. Uh, it's, it's a great step in moisture mitigation. Isn't it crazy that we're just finding this now, that R540 is is so new, where this has been an issue that wood floor guys have had for a hundred years. Yeah, and I, I think the onus has been on the, the flooring contractor more than it really should be. I mean, uh, there's so many things happened. You know, I talk about when I used to be a construction laborer and I used to pour concrete every day. I would run a jackhammer or pour concrete. and if it had been, go ahead. You, you got to get that jackhammer in or lifting weights in there one, well, at least hey, once a show. That, was a that dude was 90 pounds, man. It was a part you, of my life. Yeah. You were like a rock. <laughs> you were the Seeger song, right? I don't know if I, I, I'm definitely not now. I'll tell you that. You want me to sing that? No, I'll sing that don't. next time. No. Right, next time then, I'll yeah. sing that one. Next time. Fine. Um, but we used to take, take if it had been raining out and there was water on that visqueen, we would poke holes in the visqueen and let the water run out. <laughs> I mean, just we, it wasn't malicious. We didn't know what we were doing. We just wanted to make our job easier. When the concrete truck poured up or pulled up, the sh they dropped the chutes down. That concrete starts coming down, not real slow. We would jump up in the truck and take the water hose and spray water in it so it would come down easier. We could shovel it easier. Our job was easier, but we made that concrete extremely porous. The floor guy would have no idea that none of that happened. Even if they looked at the cement to water ratio, well, it may have been that way when that truck left the factory, but it sure as heck wasn't that way. When not we after some here. goon is, yeah. Not after some goon is hosing it down. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, the other thing that was an eye-opening when I was looking at that checklist was all the stuff to look at outside what's affecting the foundation. Yeah. Now, if he had gone into court and he said, "Well, you know, the pool is here; they have no gutters, the moi the soil was moist," and I told him. You know, I, I made mention or I put it into the report that I gave them. Here's a report I gave them about, hey, you're about to have hardwood floors. These are some things you might want to get taken care of. Yeah. Uh, we talk about crawl spaces and put putting in um, uh, visqueen under the crawl spaces. You know, I, I, I didn't like to do that. And we would hire that out. Just hire someone to do it. I tell the homeowner, listen, uh, by code, we're supposed to put six mil visqueen underneath the house. You know, you need the 18 inches of crawl space. You know, we'd look, look at that, make sure that was okay. But we had a company, we just hired these guys going to college, like the extra money. 
I, we didn't make anything off it. Just call him. He'd come out and he, and he was on the ball. So uh, that's something else to be considered. Because, again, if you ever get called in one of these situations where, like this guy did and the floor is cupped, um, if you don't have all your ducks in a row, nobody has with the labor shortage, man, nobody has time to go back. And, and, and you know, that's never on anybody's uh, business plan for the year. So um, just some things that I think. And, again, we don't want to be preachy. Uh, it's never the intent to be preachy on this. I just think that maybe it could – could help somebody down the road um, on on uh, on one of their jobs. No, it was like when John Namba was on the show, and and yeah. he was talking. I mean, he's an inspector. He goes to court. You know, he's been there, and just like he said, the person who wins these situations are the people that have documentation. Yep. So get yourself that checklist. Do that documentation. I've. That's horrible. What that guy who called is going through. Yeah. But a lot of it could have been avoided just by, you know, taking some notes, filling out some paperwork. And what, the other thing, too, as I should mention, is the flatness of the subfloor, especially for, for glue downs on a slab. Um, you really want to make sure you're within quarter inch with uh, in a 10 foot span. Right. Uh, that's another tough call to get when the floor looks great and everything. But but there's a little bit of a hump in the floor and, it you know, then the customer calls it out and. You didn't do any self-leveling uh, or, or levelers, or you didn't you didn't grind any high spots. Now you got another conversation. That's that's you don't want to have to have after you put all that time and money and effort into a job. All right, so Rob, I just uh, that's 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 all I wanted to talk about. Maybe just just um, maybe it can help someone down the road on one of the jobs. And you know, sometimes when things go along smoothly for a long time, you kind of get out of the habits of things and. You know, then you get you get up against the clock and, and everything. And um, I just think that um, maybe this might help someone down the road on the job and uh, or, or get them out of trouble as well. Hey, I just want to give out a, a shout out to my man, Eugene, at Elite Hardwood Floor down in Florida. They uh, Florida got hit with that storm. And I hope everybody's OK. If Bona can do anything to help anybody out down there, please make sure you give us a call. But uh Eugene doesn't stay in touch with me anymore. He stays in touch with my wife. You know, you know that deal, you, especially well, now, you. Well, you know well now, deal. well now, I'm jealous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Eugene let us know that it got hit pretty good, but he's okay and uh, his business will keep on going. But uh, like I said, our our heart goes out to everybody down there. Hope everybody stayed sure. safe through it. Yeah. And if there's yeah. anything we can do to help man, just give us a call. Good job. Good call, Rob. All right. So this has been another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob. Please stay tuned for another episode.